Thank you for joining us. I'm Troy Julian Gibson, VP of Marketing for Indiana Minority Health Coalition, and this is Minority Health Matters. My lovely co-host, Erica Pedroza, is also joining us. Hi, good people. This is Erica, and I'm the marketing manager here at the Indiana Minority Health Coalition. I'm happy to be here. Stay tuned for the exciting partnership we have with CareSource and the information they're providing to the community. This podcast is brought to you by CareSource, a nonprofit health plan and national leader in managed care. CareSource's mission is to make a lasting difference in their members' lives by improving their health and well-being. Welcome to another episode of Minority Health Matters. My name is Lauren Lancaster, and I'm the Maternal Child Health Manager at the Indiana Minority Health Coalition. And today we are joined by Dr. Wright of CareSource to talk about the baby formula shortage. Thank you for coming on, Dr. Wright. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. Always a pleasure to be here. Yes. So if you have been living under a rock, um, in the past weeks, there has been a baby formula shortage, um, a crisis of many sorts. Um, so we can go ahead and jump right into the questions. So what is happening with the infant formula shortage? So this is a, a situation that I never thought I'd see in the United States. And I think that many of us are surprised and rattled by the situation. Um, there have been a variety of, of things that have come together that have really created a dire circumstance here in this country. The first thing is that the FDA um, conducted a recall of certain formulas um, that were made at a particular plant um, in Michigan because of concern about contamination. Um, unfortunately, that plant was one of the highest uh, distributors of infant formula in the country, and that has led to a tremendously decreased supply of formula being available for uh, stores and ultimately for families. In addition, we um, know that we have been in a pandemic mm -hmm. and the pandemic has caused supply chain issues, which means that it takes longer for materials to get from the factories into homes already. And so this recall has worsened um, a situation that already was present with mm -hmm. a very strained supply chain. In addition, um, formula is incredibly highly regulated and we appreciate that because we wanna mm -hmm. make sure that our infants receive um, safe nutritional supplements. Um, as such, we have rules against importing formula from other countries because those uh, formulas are not um, approved by the FDA. Because we are unable to import formula and we are restricted to, uh, to providing formula that's made here in that country, uh, in this country, all of these things have come together um, to greatly reduce the amount of formula that's available on the shelves. And current estimates is that there's about 40 to 50% less formula oh, wow. available um, in stores right now. So it was just like a series of unfortunate events that made this 
perfect storm. That's exactly right. Um, and families are understandably distraught about this. And I think those of us in the healthcare community um, want to really help people understand what's going on, help them understand what they can do, certainly the things to avoid, and really join together with our community to get through this crisis. Great. So what should we do to make sure our babies get what they need? Mm -hmm. So there are several things. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say that the optimal nutrition for babies is breast milk. So that is really the gold standard. And if breastfeeding is an option um, for families, then we really want to encourage that. And I think that it is important for us to educate families on breastfeeding, um, how to be successful in breastfeeding, and to provide support to mothers who choose to breastfeed. And I think we can delve into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's important to understand, though, that that is not an option for everyone mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. Um, and, and women should not be made to feel guilty if they choose for whatever their personal reasons are to not breastfeed. If that is something that's not an option for you, there's another great option that many people are not aware of, and that is donor breast milk. Okay. So there are organizations like the Milk Bank here in Indianapolis that provides um, pasteurized, pre-screened um, donor human milk um, for consumption by infants. And so women are able to donate breast milk, and this breast milk is tested and made um, we make sure it's safe for mm -hmm. that there's no bacteria, that mm -hmm. there's no diseases that can be transmitted to the baby. And then that breast milk um, can be purchased and used for infants. So that is a great option for people um, who are open to that option. If families choose to use formula, there are several different things they can do. First of all, know that it is safe to change your brand of formula. So there are many different brands out there, um, many of which were not subject to the recall. So it is definitely safe to switch brands if your brand is not available. If your baby has certain nutritional needs mm -hmm. or you want guidance on how to switch, um, I think your healthcare provider is an excellent resource. So pediatricians have been speaking on this subject mm -hmm. um, quite a bit lately. And I think that they are great resources of information about how to switch and what to switch your baby to. There are websites that um, are available to help families um, find formula. So um, Abbott, which, um, which is one of the larger manufacturers that was uh, involved in the um, recall, has a formula finder that can be found on um, their website. And other um, formula companies like Similac, et cetera, will uh, have resources on their website to help you find formula. Um, 
If you choose to buy your formula online, you want to make sure that you're going to a reputable source. Mm -hmm. This was not the time to buy things from um, from eBay or from okay. other sources that can't be um, completely verified to be safe. Unfortunately, there is fraudulent formula out mm -hmm. there, and we certainly don't want infants to be harmed. I think it's important to talk about what not to do, because as people are desperate for solutions, um, people are trying various things, and many of these things are not safe. The first thing that you want to avoid is diluting the formula. So it is logical for families to think, well, if I put a little bit of extra water in the formula, I can cause it to last longer. I can spread it out. Um, you absolutely don't want to do that for several reasons. First of all, we, uh, as I stated earlier, formula is highly regulated and it is precisely made to meet the nutritional needs of the infant. When you start to dilute the formula, you really, um, you manipulate the the proportions of nutrients that are in the formula and um, and it no longer is effective in meeting the needs of the baby. The baby can develop some nutritional um, deficiencies and those deficiencies can be very, very serious and can affect the growth and the health of the baby. The other thing that's really important to talk about is when you dilute um, the formula, you can also cause the sodium levels of the baby to decrease. Um, and this is incredibly serious, <clears throat> excuse me, that can lead to, to brain swelling, to seizures, and even potentially to death. So first and foremost, never dilute your formula. The second thing is um, I would not um, get formula, get um, breast milk from other individuals. If someone wants to donate their breast milk, I think that that is a wonderful thing to do. There are safe ways to do that. As I spoke about earlier, um, the milk bank and other similar organizations are able to take donor milk and process mm -hmm. that milk to ensure that it's safe for the baby. Um, if you get milk directly from other people, you don't have those same safety procedures in place, and there could be harmful elements in that donor breast milk. So you do not want to do that. Um, breast milk at this point from overseas sources is not uh, approved here in the United States, so I would not get formula from overseas. Mm -hmm. You also don't want to use any milk substitutes. So no soy milk, no almond milk, no oat milk, um, nothing like that, that we may be incorporated in our diet is safe for babies. Um, cow's milk ideally is not safe unless you know that the baby is older and getting great nutrition from other sources. Okay. So right now cow's milk, um, particularly for younger infants does not provide enough nutrition. Goat's milk is not approved. Um, it does not have the essential elements um, for a baby's nutrition. So we do not recommend using goat's milk. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I know that there's a lot of don'ts there. Yes. <laughs> um, but again, we really want to provide proper guidance for families mm-hmm. so that they can make safe choices. Um, the last thing I want to say is there are recipes circulating on the internet about yes. homemade <laughs> formula. Uh-huh. That is something you definitely want to steer away from. Again, for all the reasons that I've talked about, infant formula is specifically designed to meet the nutritional needs of the baby. Um, It's very precisely regulated. When you make homemade formula, um, you do not have the the testing and you do not know that you are meeting the nutritional needs of your baby. Um, Could parents also reach out to their pediatricians to see if maybe the doctor has any samples of baby formula? That's a great idea. So oftentimes pediatricians and family practitioners will oftentimes have samples from the formula um, manufacturers, and that's a great source of formula. Oftentimes those are the more traditional preparations and not um, those preparations that meet special nutritional needs. but certainly that's a great place to turn um, and another reason to reach out to your provider. And how long will this shortage last? And is there a chance it could happen again? So we do not know exactly how long it'll last, but I think that there's every reason to be optimistic that it will be short-lived. What we do know is that the FDA has reached an agreement with the factory that was closed and they expect to begin uh, production again in the next couple weeks. It will still take about a month or so for that formula to reach shelves. Um, And so it will be a bit of time before that um, we uh, see relief from that issue. The government is also looking at whether or not we can get formula safely from other countries. So Mm -hmm. we do believe that there is formula that could potentially be safe from other countries. Mm -hmm. We're looking into testing that, figuring out which formulas may be safe and beginning to import formula. So there are lots of things that are happening all at once. to help to alleviate this burden, but we're probably looking at um, at least two or three more months um, before we really see things uh, better. And could you talk about other resources to help those mothers and fathers who need help? And does Mm -hmm. CareSource have any resources as well too? We absolutely do have resources. So um, the first thing I would say is um, the milk bank we talked about um, provides the donor human milk. There is a cost to that. However, they operate on a sliding scale. So they are able to work with you and charge you only with what's within your ability to pay. In addition, CareSource really uh, wants to do what it can to support the community through this time. And we provided financial support to the milk bank to cover a thousand ounces of uh, donor breast milk. So um, our uh, contribution and that from others will help to offset um, the financial uh, 
obligations that are there to feed families. I think that many of the formula companies are doing what they can um, to, um, to make sure that the formula stays safe and affordable. Um, as a managed care company, as a Medicaid company, we certainly provide support with breastfeeding, including lactation assistance, including breast pumps. Um, we do cover uh, donor milk. Mm -hmm. um, and so there are lots of ways through Medicaid that we can help um, support the community as well. The Milk Bank is doing a campaign called Give an Ounce. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, the donor milk is about $4.50 an ounce. Um, they have uh, publicized this campaign to the community. So if the community is interested in um, providing funding to help offset the cost of donor milk, they can contribute to to that campaign at themilkbank.org. Um, so lots of people are coming together. Mm -hmm. WIC certainly is doing everything that it can um, to be a support. They're offering education, they're mm -hmm. offering resources, um, they're helping families find formula. Um, so WIC is a great place to turn. Okay. Um, your county health department also um, is doing what it can to provide resources and education and support. That's definitely great. So I know me personally, I've seen on social media and probably you too, um, the push that people are saying, oh, you should just breastfeed because it's free. And speaking from a point of privilege in some ways, and a lot of people don't have that option. Um, so Black women have the lowest breastfeeding initiation rate of all race groups at 69.4% compared with 85.9% of white women and then 83.2% of women overall. So could you talk a little bit about why saying, oh, breastfeeding is free, you should do that, can some, can some ways be harmful, even though we know that breastfeeding is, is the best option, but many times people don't have that option to breastfeed. Absolutely. So I'm going to give a two part response to this. First of all, what you said about, oh, just breastfeed. I think we know, again, that breast milk is the optimum, optimal nutrition for babies. However, breastfeeding um, requires uh, both physical as well as uh, psychological and a, a social commitment. And for some reason, um, for many reasons, that may not be an avenue for all women. Mm -hmm. Some women cannot physically breastfeed um, for multiple different reasons. Some women have uh, medications that they need for proper functioning that aren't safe. Um, some women don't have the support that they need for breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So um, you need a safe place to breastfeed. You need um, someone to manage your other children while you're nursing, you need um, time off work and a, a private place to nurse if you're working. There are lots of factors that have to be taken into account. And I think it's important for us to educate the community about the benefits of breastfeeding. But again, as I stated earlier, to understand that that's not feasible for everyone and to never mm -hmm. um, create a, a, a situation of guilt um, and shame for women who choose not to breastfeed. 
The second part of your question is um, disparities around breastfeeding. And you are absolutely right. Black women um, historically um, breastfeed less often than their white counterparts. And there are several reasons for this. First of all, like so many other things, history plays a role. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a very painful history um, around Black women, slavery, and breastfeeding. Um, and so many Black women um, don't necessarily have a positive feeling about breastfeeding mm-hmm. because of some historical trauma. And we can have a whole conversation on that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that there are studies that indicate that Black women receive less education about breastfeeding and less support to breastfeed from um, healthcare providers. So what I think we can do to help to even those breastfeeding rates are making sure that we are providing culturally relevant um, and responsive education to all women of color, but particularly Mm -hmm. Black women. I think that starts early. I think that starts in school, um, helping um, students understand what it means to breastfeed and why mm-hmm. it's important to breastfeed. I think when women are pregnant, providing education um, around breastfeeding and the benefits to them and to the baby. I think once a woman has delivered, providing that lactation consult, support, tools for uh, pumping, um, all of those things I think are essential. I think providing um, support um, so that she can have that time, that place, those employment um, considerations, et cetera, are all things that we can do as a society. Those are definitely great points. Um, I know in terms of some policy actions this week, um, we saw a lot of movement. So here actually in Indianapolis, we received a shipment of 35 tons of baby formula um, from Germany. And I know that you touched previously on um, getting formula from other countries. So this formula was a prescription formula that'll be distributed to areas around the country where there's uh, an acute need. Um, And so this uh, prescription of formula is also hypoallergenic um, and will feed babies intolerant to protein in cow cow milk. So um, do you see more countries or the US um, partnering with more countries to offer these options and having a formula come over to the United States? I definitely see more of that. Um, Again, I believe that the United States will start to reevaluate its restrictions around Mm -hmm. um, importation of formula. I think we will begin to study um, and understand what formula from other countries is safe, um, how to mix those formulas in a way that meet our requirements, et cetera. So I absolutely think more of that to come. And I think that that will Mm be great help. I do want to say that um, even though we did receive a a very large um, delivery, it's Mm -hmm. still going to be a little bit of time to get that on the shelf. So yes. Um, I think it's important for people to understand that it will be a little bit of time before mm-hmm. we will see the, the result of that. Yes. And then um, also Congress passed the Access to Baby Formula Act. 
So this measure is aimed at ensuring that families in need can continue to buy baby formula with WIC benefits during a public health emergency or supply chain issues, such as a product recall. Um, so this measure would authorize the agricultural department to waive certain requirements related to the benefits program. Um, so in terms of Congress, you know, stepping in and saying, this is something that we need to address. Do you also see that, you know, is there other uh, policies that they could create to help address this issue as well too? Absolutely. So this is certainly on the state and national radar of our leaders. Mm -hmm. um, um, President Biden has spoken on this as well as Vice President um, um, Harris. And I think that we will start to see more legislation and more acts that come out that really help, um, number one, reduce the um, the limitations that we're currently seeing on the supply chain, um, understand how we keep babies safe and keep the formula supply safe without grinding it to a halt. Um, and I think that we will start to see um, more efforts to offset um, any financial burden that may be faced by uh, families. So I think we'll start to see some financial support there. Um, I'm glad that our, our leaders have uh, taken an interest in this. I think mm -hmm. it's certainly a public health crisis. And I think we'll start to see um, more relief here soon. That's great. And where can we get more news on the formula shortage? Um, I think that there are several different places that you can get more information. So the Indiana Department of Health has um, provided some information um, that, um, that is helpful. Um, there is a phone number that people can call, which is 1-844-MCH-MOMS, M-O-M-S. Mm -hmm. um, that will provide information for individuals. Um, WIC, um, Women, Infants, and Children's um, Program has uh, information. Um, and again, the Department of Health website at in.gov has more information on okay. um, WIC locations, um, a map, WIC approved formula, et cetera. The CDC is always a great option um, for health-related information. It's probably one of my favorite sites. Um, so I would recommend that people look there as well. Okay, that sounds great. So I'd like to thank all of our listeners for listening in today. And again, I'm Lauren Lancaster, and I want to thank Dr. Wright for joining me today, again, to talk about the baby formula shortage. Thank you for having me. And again, thank you for turning attention to this important topic. Thank you and have a great day. You too. Thanks for joining us. You can stay in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and also our website at www.imhc.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and also our YouTube channel. This is IMHC Minority Health Matters Podcast. Until next time.